I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now, to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're gonna to love your benefits. Do it now. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Student Vibes Podcast. I'm Seth Kalish. I'm here today with Cole, Matt, Anthony, and the man with the plan, Dr. Rick Stanley. Let me give you a quick bio about Dr. Stanley. So Dr. Stanley is a second generation dentist. His father and two uncles were dentists who all graduated from Indiana University. They moved from Indiana to Florida, where Dr. Stanley attended Florida State University, go Knowles, uh, receiving a BS in biology and a minor in chemistry. From there, he went on to be a quality control chemist for Tropicana at night and wrestled alligators and did venomous snake shows at Sarasota Jungle Gardens, five shows a day for two years. Dr. Stanley, you better believe we got some questions about that. Uh, so realizing this track probably wasn't going to be sustainable, he applied to and attended the University of Florida College of Dentistry, graduating in 1986. He went to work with his father in Sarasota, Florida for, park, for a year before opening up a separate practice on University Parkway in Sarasota, eventually opening a second practice and then buying two other practices, which he and his wife, Tricia, have managed for over 30 years, having had dozens of associate dentists and hundreds of staff. And we all are familiar with Dr. Stanley, and we know Dr. Stanley is definitely a name in the Sarasota dental community. So the focus of the practices has always been a personalized, comprehensive care and developing strong relationships with patients. Dr. Stanley believes the keys to success in dentistry lies with having great people skills and being a lifelong student, having taken thousands of hours of CE courses and even more uncredited training, as well as staying in close contact with colleagues. He was an adjunct faculty member at uh, dental school for three years and active with the board of the Sarasota County Dental Association. At the end of 2019, he affiliated two of his practices with Heartland Dental and is one of the practices that helped Heartland Dental 
now have over a thousand supported dental practices, and he still maintains a third private practice in Sarasota, Florida. At soon to be 62 years old, he plans on continuing to practice for the foreseeable future, knowing that his father practiced full-time until the age of 80. His stepdaughter is finishing her first year at the Texas A&M Medical School, as well as her first trimester of pregnancy with her first child. Well, congratulations. Uh, first, before we get into this interview, let me give a quick uh, mention about pre-dental mentor. Attention, pre-dental students. Over 12,000 applicants each year apply to dental school. Out of 67 accredited schools in the US, on average, only 90 students per class earn the privilege of acceptance. As former applicants who struggled through the rigorous ADSAS process ourselves, we understand the hard work it takes to be one of the lucky few to get accepted. That being said, Dental Student Vibes team, you know us, the Dental Student Vibes, the Vibe Tribe, we are now offering Pre-Dental Mentor, a program designed to give back to the dental community and give you the best chance of getting accepted to the dental school of your dreams. Our brand new pre-dental consulting program includes a team of five coaches, the Vibe Tribe crew, who have all been a part of the AdSAS application within the past three years. We offer essay reviews, mock interviews, resume editing, secondary application editing, DAT prep, a personalized schools list, and an application checklist, not to mention general advising. So to pre-order, slide into our DMs and get 30% off before June 1st. We're only offering 25 spots, so sign up before it's too late. We sincerely thank you for your support over the past year and are extremely happy to have the opportunity to give back. We were not just in your shoes not too long ago. We do this for you guys because we know and we've been there and we know it's a struggle. So thank you guys as always and vibe on. So the man with the plan, Dr. Stanley, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here with you guys. It's, it's kind of a pleasure to uh, be able to have these kinds of interactions. And, and you know, I've always enjoyed working with, uh, with you guys. So it's, this is a lot of fun, I think. I can't wait to see where we land by the end of this. Oh, yeah. So uh, let me just say, Dr. Stanley came and uh, spoke at our business club. Um, what, what was that, about a year ago now? And my God, that was probably one of the best... Uh, it was basically a Q&A and you just gave us everything straight. You gave us some fantastic information and then Trisha came in too and you guys are a fantastic team. Yeah, I thought I should probably bring her to answer all the tough questions, but I made <laughs> her work and I, I'm doing this instead. Yeah, yeah. So Dr. Stanley, um, first of all, we got we to talk about uh, Sarasota, dealing with the snakes, dealing with the alligators. What, how was all of that? Tell me how you went from there to dentistry. Well, you know, my, my dad, before he became a dentist, he was a biology teacher. And so he always had snakes and, and a variety of critters in the house. And so I was kind of raised with that. And when we came to Florida, uh, yeah, I thought I was Tarzan. And so every time I saw a snake or a wild animal, I had to go uh, collect it. And uh, so that kind of continued on. Eventually I got my degree in biology and came out of, out of with that degree, you couldn't do a whole lot other than a apparently work for uh, someplace that would pay you. I, I think they, they, they assumed that if you were crazy enough to wrestle snakes and alligators, you'd probably do it for nothing. So pretty much right. that's what I did. So that's what I felt was maybe not too sustainable, but so I did the poisonous snake shows and, and alligator shows five times a day. And so that was a lot of fun. And, and I haven't caught a snake since, gosh, um, last night, right after I got off of the, uh, the uh, Dawson <laughs> webinar, I walked outside and helped to catch about a four foot snake. It's a, uh, 
I posted that on my Facebook page last night. So if you want to see that, another typical day at the office, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Stanley, you're very active on Instagram. You always share lots of cool stuff. What's your uh, Instagram, by the way, for our followers? Uh, it is dr.rickstanley. Perfect. dr.rickstanley. Definitely and check I, it out. Give him a follow. Can't forget that. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Stanley, um, when, when you were wrestling alligators, I just want to touch on this real quick. How, how far into your two-year career of doing that did you realize, hey, like, I might need these hands for uh, something a little bigger? Um, it, was, it was kind of in towards the end of – well, I guess it was in the middle of that because I, had, I got bitten by a water moccasin one day. I was actually cleaning its, cleaning its teeth, believe it or not. So uh, I was cleaning its teeth. It got a fang into my finger, and I thought, oh, gosh, this is bad timing with getting ready to go to dental school. And uh, so I was lucky it actually did not envenomate me. It just kind of put its hyperdermic uh, fang right through my finger and out the other side. And, and I walked away unscathed for the most part. Man, that's a great that's, story. Yeah. That's wild. Did you ever get bit by any venomous snakes? Uh, just that one. Yeah. yeah. Lots of okay. non-venomous snakes, but only one venomous snake and then a handful of alligators. Yeah. Wow. Right. So... <laughs> Dr. Stanley, can you can you give us uh, a little bit about your practices and tell me like, so a lot of questions our listeners have is, how did you go from that one practice to the multiple practices? Okay. And, and I think that's a big question now. When I first started practicing, that was not really such a model. But uh, shortly after I started practicing in 1986, um, that started coming up in conversation. I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. I like sharing information. I like gathering information. And it seemed like uh, maybe a path to follow. So um, I opened a second office and, uh, in Sarasota and staffed that up and grew it. And that went very well. So I thought, okay, I think I'll do another one and then another one. And it got a little more challenging at that point to try to do all the things that we wanted to do. Um, and so I ran that for several years and then I sold a practice and then I sold another practice, but kept a building and then I built another building. So it's this kind of evolution over time of acquiring and, and relieving oneself of, and um, that was kind of my process there. And um, uh, we always had kind of a, an idea of trying to acquire the real estate as well. Uh, sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. So it's, uh, it's kind of a convoluted path. I think others have had, had better plans and, and more strategy in, in growing to bigger entities. That's certainly something that can be done, and there's so much more information available about that now. You know, when you look at all the podcasts and the uh, right. and social media, all the, all the resources at people's fingertips are, are amazing. Um, so that, that was my path. It was, it was at a time when the, the path was very unclear as to how to, to grow things and, and what to do. And a number, a couple of companies went public at that time and uh, they tried that and then that didn't work out. And so at, at that time, uh, and still currently uh, publicly owned um, uh, uh, large practices, DEOs is not, a, is not a concept that's on the radar right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, that's, that's awesome. So what, what was kind of like your mindset um, when you were at that one practice and then you're like, you know what, I need to expand. Like, what were some, what, what's one big thing that you did that uh, when you were scoping out the other practices, something you looked at? Um, I think you certainly have to look at the, the demographics of where you're thinking of opening and see what the, what the market can bear there. Can it bring additional dentists on board? Um, 
and you have to look at your skill set. Uh, what do you bring into the table? Are you bringing administrative strengths, or are you going to go in as a as a wet finger dentist and work the practice? Uh, if you're you know, generally, you're thinking in terms of bringing in associate doctors uh, or partner doctors, and um, and so you need to have some skills in how to run an organization, and that's only gotten more complicated over time. Um, certainly, uh, much more um, that you have to be aware of uh, legally, uh, strictly with the practices, um, hiring staff, um, all the HR elements. And I think that with us, what I realized recently was what a complex uh, organism we had created between marketing and HR and facilities and buildings and rents and, and having people lease from us. Uh, you really develop quite a, an elaborate company when you start mm -hmm. growing like that. So you need to have a good team of people. And it's critical that you bring in people that know these other skills, uh, skill sets, because we don't get trained as a dentist. And quite frankly, if you're trying to run HR, unless you have an HR person, they probably don't know how to rent HR either for multiple people. Mm -hmm. right. Our staff recently of about 40, um, you just start to get into some more um, more complicated issues with uh, legislation and uh, regulations. So you need mm -hmm. to have people there, you know, attorneys, accountants, uh, HR, uh, uh, then you start getting into facilities management, equipment repairs. So there's a lot of other elements there. Right. I would I would go cautiously into that into that realm. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, and you brought up a great point. The HR, I just remember this was one of the absolute best clinical pearls I have ever heard was from you and Trisha when you guys were explaining how you guys do your hiring process with the four boxes and how you put. Can you explain? Oh that? yeah, that was amazing. I love. Definitely going to use that in my practice. Um, give me a hint as to which four that was, because we had it, it was the oh, oh you got multiple. That's great. <laughs> I love to hear all of them. So the one that you said was um, can do and will do. I think that was the yeah. two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the one I can usually remember. Um, so yeah, so when you're looking at somebody, you want to know. I mean, uh, can they do the job? You know, so do they have the skill set? So can they do it? Um, or can't they do it? So if you're hiring somebody, if you bring in a dentist that you want to do, say, an associate, you want to do molar root canals and extractions and be able to graft the, the socket, uh, maybe do some implants, they need to have those specific skill sets. Uh, or you have to be able to train them and carry them during that time that you're training them to do that. So that's can they do it? Uh, so it's a can or can't. And then the other is will or won't. And so you have people that that are that they're, they're maybe they're, they're, they're more than, um, they have the skill set, but maybe they just won't do it. Maybe, they, right. uh, that's probably not a great example. I would say you have people that, that, um, that just say, I, I won't do that procedure. You know, mm -hmm. as an associate, I, I just won't do molar root canals. Right. It's not that's that I don't attitude, have attitude, right? Yeah. It's attitude. And that's a huge factor. So I always kind of look at can, can't, will, won't. Right. And the same thing when looking at staff, you know, uh, you may have assistants that say, well, I, I don't take out the garbage. Well, I mean, I, I'm the owner doctor. I take out the garbage, you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. and sometimes right. We had a great, we had a great doctor on Dr. Berger. Shout out to Dr. Berger, who had a great point about that, about the team being the team. Everyone works together as a team. And not only that, he goes, I'm the doctor, but I can go take out some garbage or pick up some trash when I see it just because it creates that great example. Right. And so, you know, that lead by example, everyone always says that, but it's so true. Yeah, was that Jacob? Yeah, yeah, Dr. Jacob yeah. Berger. Yeah, yeah, he's he's super. I mean, he's he, sharp guy, 
And, and I think what you see from those people that have that, that leadership mindset is, you know, they, they say that, you know, if you're, if you're running the army, you need to be the last one to the, to the dinner table, right? Everybody mm-hmm. else eats first. And uh, so a huge emphasis on the importance of leadership and leading by example. And, and, and that's all part of that, you know, will and can. Right. Right. And that's like the Simon Sinek quote, leaders eat last. That's exactly it. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. We had Dr. Berger on, uh, what was that? A few months ago. Awesome interview. He's got the, uh, what is his office on 70? Yeah. Uh-huh. 70 in Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah. So back when I first opened my office in 1986, I was the only dentist this way. There was no such thing as Wood Ranch or, uh, or East Sarasota. That was just all, uh, um, all a blank. And did I lose you guys just now? Nope. Uh, no, nope. we can Good to go. I had, a, I had a notification pop up there like, oh my gosh, they're gone. Uh, so yeah, so there was nothing east of where I was. People couldn't believe I had moved out here this far east. And now you see what's happened since then. We talk about, you know, picking locations and where to go. Um, yeah, so his office is, is out a good, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven miles east of here, which used to just be a swamp. Mm-hmm. Being able to, to kind of know, you, you can't predict where things are going to go. You have to ask people and be in contact with where growth is going to happen. Right. It seems like they're putting the Publix every six months, like a mile east. Every time I go over there, it's just constantly growing with apartments and stuff. It's crazy. Exactly. So you figure Publix, dental office, Publix, Walgreens, Publix, <laughs> dental office. Yeah. Right. And one of our uh, one of our faculty actually said um, the way that he kind of looks at demographics um, and looks at like where to start a new practice, as he says, follow the Publixes. Let them do all the demographic research and just follow the publics. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's, you know, a lot of people are following that model now. So now you got to be like, you know, who's going to be first at the trough. Right. right. That's funny. You should say that about the publics is that my grandfather opened up shop in Vero beach in the eighties from coming down from South Florida and his office is still in there. It was like one of the first publics in Vero right in that area. He put his office right there in that plaza and it's been there since has not moved. Wow. Right. Yeah. Not a bad plan. So the they next, the next, uh, uh, plan is to we got to pick another store to follow you know what's, <laughs> what's a new store like uh follow the fresh kitchen there you right, go yeah. or yeah or that the uh you know the anything that's owned by amazon is probably a good so oh. whole food that's probably mm-hmm. good. right i would go with chipotle <laughs> that's another one yeah right awesome so uh dr stanley um what is one of the best investments that you've made in your dental career, whether it's in uh, people or certain technology, a skill set, anything? Okay. Um, you know, the, uh, the, I would say investing in yourself. Everybody says investing in yourself. And, it's, and whenever you hear a statement like that, I think you have to ask yourself some deeper questions. As I like, like what Tony Robbins says, ask better questions. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of what we do when we, when we're talking to ourselves we're talking in terms of asking ourselves questions. So when you say invest in yourself, what does that mean? So I think it means, it means training yourself in skills that you don't currently have that you'll be able to say utilize in the marketplace. So a great investment is in yourself, whether it's psychologically, uh, hand skill sets, social skills, uh, leadership skills, anything there that that builds, and, I, and we talked about this, I think, prior. But the, just all the different resources that are out there, 
Um, Audible Books has great resources for, uh, so I think I always look at that as an investment when I'm reading a book on, on leadership or emotional intelligence or um, how to work with my, my, the culture of my team. Those are all investments in, my, in the greater part of my company. And you know, they always say that CEOs read like a book a week, mm-hmm. uh, whereas most, most people are lucky if they read a book a year. Uh, people who are running large organizations are constantly bringing in information. So I think that's probably the biggest asset. I've spent money on thousands of courses that I have gotten uh, credit for, not to mention all the courses that you, you know, constantly studying and training pretty much every night. I feel like I study more now than I did when I was in dental school. Really? So many things at my fingertips. It's like I, you know, last night I was saying I was on the Dawson webinar. I, I, I was on the Dawson continuum 30 years ago. I took all their courses and yet I'm still listening to an introductory webinar that they're utilizing as a marketing piece, just picking up more pearls and making sure that I'm still current and validating what I think I know. Right, and I did manage to walk four thousand steps in circles around the conference table in my office <laughs> during that meeting. So I was getting in some exercise there. So, so always invest in your in your health as well. So Love it. I'll, be, I'll be sixty-two next month, and I'm the only downside of the COVID has been that my bench has dropped down from sets at two and a quarter down to one thirty-five. Now I just gave oh up. man, said, uh, I, oh wow. <laughs> I just went to uh, the gym two days ago, and it's it's such a nice. Um, just a nice change of pace to put some weight on, you know, instead of doing calisthenics or even banded work. And right. uh, Seth LA is opening up next week. So we're going. I saw that. I just got the email. So, so high. Dr. Stanley, you're going to hit uh, LA when you're, when you're next I week? Gave up my, I gave up my membership there because the traffic is so bad at the other end of the street. So I'm still doing crunch. But the day crunch opened, I was there that night. And mm-hmm. I've got four pecs today to prove it. That one, those 135 <laughs> benches actually got me sore. So, Absolutely. <laughs> But Dr. Stanley, it's 62 years young. Like you look fantastic, but you're on the kind of the mindset and the wavelength there of, you know, books that you've read. Can you recommend any of our listeners some books that you've read that you've kind of, you know, gathered some information from? Yeah, I, I made a, a I've got, I have an ongoing list here of my, my Audible books that I like. Um, and I do like Audible books. I think that's a great, you know, great way you can listen to them while you're at the gym, while you're right. driving around doing chores. So, uh, I've almost always got an Audible book going, and most of the Audible books that I like, I will go through several times because we know that when we're just listening to something, our comprehension retention is it's like 10%, right? Mm-hmm. So if I listen to it five times, I get half of the book. Right. And um, so that's typically what I do. Um, and so let's see here. Did I have, I thought I had a list. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, what I do is I go on Audible, and Audible has uh, like you can look under leadership. So some of the books I like are five levels of leadership. That's, that, that's been a great book. Um, and I can post some of these things for you guys. So you don't have to like make a list right now, but, uh, interesting book called atomic habits was, which is oh, a new one. If you heard of that, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, um, there's a book called leadership and it's not leadership. It's leadership, mm-hmm. um, which like a shifting gears. And it's a kind of a difference. It's a little more modern concept in leadership. That's been a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, one called Remarkable, which is about culture, you know, business culture and how to make your business stand out. Much like it's, uh, it's written by uh, one of the former officers of Chick-fil-A and talks about how they took their company from a small company to uh, a, you know, the real market leader uh, in, in the fast food industry. 
Mm -hmm. uh, another interesting book recently by Grant Cardone is Be Obsessed or Be Average. Oh, got that one. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. And his other book, which I can't think of at the moment, but what's his other book called? Um, he's got, well, he's got the 10X, right? Yeah, um, that one. Yeah. He read that. He did that one. Then Be Obsessed or Be Average, I think. Right. Both those are good. Uh, there's a book called Strengths Finder. Uh, actually, there's a 2.0 version of Strengths Finder, which talks about, you know, your personal strengths and goes through a variety of ways of looking at yourself to figure out, you know, what are your strengths in a in um, an organization. Um, and that's great stuff. Uh, and a couple of the culture code, another mm -hmm. great about uh, corporate culture. And, and, you know, when you have a dental office, you have a culture, you have a uh, you and we talk about corporation. It doesn't matter if you have you know three or four staff or if you have three or four thousand. You've got a culture there, and that that determines a lot about what your practice success is going to be like. And uh, so I love that stuff. Uh, additionally, I'd say there's so much good information on YouTube. Everybody knows that. You know, when I was at when I was on faculty, um, I was recommending that to everybody. I'm like, okay, so. You know, if it's not in the curriculum, do a search on there. And, and that keeps getting better and better. Every year, more information gets added, better production quality. And, and I feel like if you're learning a surgical procedure, you, know, you can try to stand at the end of the chair. Like I, mean, I went up to a, an institute up in, up in uh, the Northeast. And uh, I was one of 14 doctors because I counted them. After I spent all the money, I thought, how many doctors are standing in this operatory? And I'm at the foot of the chair trying to see this. Uh, Ramus uh, graft, and um, there were 14 of us in the operatory. I, I couldn't anything inside the mouth. But now, you go on YouTube, you can see spectacular uh, videography of procedures. And so I think those are really great assets there. So that was books and other stuff. Awesome. Yeah, loved it. Uh, so I got another question for you. Now you're talking about culture. So what is one? kind of tip you can give to new dentists that, you know, they're just getting into the office and they're just thrown in with these uh, dental assistants. They don't really know them, office managers, hygienists, et cetera, everybody. How do you walk into the office and start to create a new culture with, for everyone? What, what are some things that work? So, uh, so that's a tricky question. They're trying to create a new culture. Yeah. Um, the, um, uh, you know, it's interesting because we talk about having to go in there occasionally and take a culture and bury it. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have a funeral for it, bury the, the old culture because it was so toxic and bad and you have to start over from scratch. And that takes, um, it takes a vision um, and it takes a lot of communication. You have to, and, and things like reading the book, The Culture Code uh getting your whole team involved with that and say what's our culture about how are we going to communicate this how do we support each other how do we reinforce the things we like and eliminate the things that we don't like um you know that's that's hours and hours of conversation and and really one of the top um the most important topics that i think is on the uh, is on the leadership table right now is is all about culture mm -hmm. that's why that book um by um the the officer from Chick-fil-A was so great because they right. talk about how to develop that. And a lot of it has to do with your, your leadership style. Uh, you've got to be a good leader. I think that goes back to, if you want to think about another book, the five levels of leadership, uh, you know, are you a leader just because you are given the title mm -hmm. or have you earned the title? And then the next levels are things like, are you training other leaders? And so in trying to develop that culture, you've got to go in with, 
um, with a set of skills that not everybody has. Some people are kind of born leaders, but they say that if you're in leadership, you have to be continuing learning. You, you never you never stop learning about how to be a better leader. And I think if you look at people like um, you know, look at like our, our current president. Oh. Okay, my Siri is answering the question Siri. for it. That's great, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was at a, I was in a seminar recently, and several times the speaker who had made sure everybody silenced their phones, when he would say, so I, when he would say surgery, his phone thought he was saying Siri, and oh, so it man. would start answering. Oh, <laughs> uh, frequent then. Yep. So so going into a team like that, you've got to connect with the people. You have to communicate. You have to develop uh, a trust. Huge part of it is about trust. Right. So um, you need to start with some of those elements. Gotcha. That's a fantastic uh, answer. And I just wanted to piggyback off that question about culture. Um, I kind of wanted to shift the gear a little to um, the patient-dentist relationship. Um, Dr. Stanley, you seem like someone who is very well-rounded, and I respect that because you look hey, at I'm trying. Things. I'm trying to trim up a little bit, though. If, I, <laughs> stop it. It's okay. It's been quarantine. Not everyone, no one's really in their best shape right now. By August, he'll be looking 15. great. Yeah, quarantine 15. But um, I just wanted to talk about, you know, case acceptance, because we all know it's more than just having a great treatment plan. And um, I know there's more about building the report with your patient and really growing and trying to build a long term thing here. And you, you're very successful. So I wanted to ask if you had any tips on that. Yeah, that I think that's a huge part of of what we do, I, you know, that, that's, that's one of the best questions we can ask. And it's very broad again. I mean, I don't think there's any simple questions in dentistry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this kind of ties in with the marketing question. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, marketing wise, you're trying to make the phone ring, whether it's external marketing, whether it's, you know, like social media or television ads or newspaper ads or magazines, or it's internal marketing. Uh, it's, it, you know, the things that you're doing with your, with uh, internal marketing is talking to your patients getting word of mouth referrals because they like you, they like you because they trust you and they believe you. And so um, in trying to, to have case acceptance, uh, it starts off with bringing the right patients into the practice. It's better if they came in by word of mouth because they already have a sense of trust from you. you know, when you answer the phone, you have to answer the phone the right way. You can't, you know, one, one of my pet peeves is when I call a restaurant or some place and they answer the phone absolutely as fast as they possibly can and and we've done some studies in our own office to say so if you answer it as fast as you can versus taking a nice pace that's that's complimentary to your new customer the difference is about a half a second but it mm -hmm. makes all the difference in that call and so that call is important when the patient comes in everything that you do is going to lead towards whether that patient decides to have you be the one that cuts on their teeth or doesn't cut on their teeth and I picked up, I think, three patients this week that one had just been to another dentist yesterday and came to me today. And the, the reason was she didn't like that dentist. So, and I've heard that three times just this week. So I know people are being turned off by some of the things that happen when they go into not just dentist offices, but, you know, physicians and restaurants and dry cleaners. Um, so you, you have to try to develop a rapport and a relationship with the patient. We talk about matching and mirroring. You know, you want to you want to kind of match their personality type and their their pace of their conversation. And do they want to ask a lot of questions or do they want to tell you about their grandchildren? And you really have to work with with all of that. 
And so that takes a, a lot of emotional intelligence and it takes a, a, just being patient with people. You know, there's some doctors out there that have great clinical skills and really don't have great bedside manner. And some of them are very successful. And in many cases, they rely on their team to make up the difference for that. So in, in my mind, it's, it's developing the believability, the likability, and the trust. We call that the BLT sandwich. I think that's right, believability, likability, trust. Yeah, BLT sandwich. There we go. Love that. And, <laughs> uh, and so you, you try to develop rapport with the patient. You sit down eye to eye and knee to knee. You connect with them. You listen to them. Uh, you find out a little bit about them. I, I love to ask my patients, so tell me a little bit. Of, tell me a, bit, a little bit about yourself. And they're always like, "Oh, this one right here, and this one." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Let, let's talk about you. We'll get to the teeth later. Trust me, we'll get to the teeth. But you know, what do you do for fun?" And a lot of patients in in our area retired, and so they they write on their form retired. And so I always ask them, "Did would you retire from? Did, did you retire from everything or some things or most?" <laughs> yeah, I try to get them into. A conversation, and I and like I, I think it's important that you that you bring humor into the situation. That's what works for me because I think we want to. We have patients that are uncomfortable. You think about yourself. You go into a new medical office and you're getting ready to be examined. You're like, okay, everything feels different here. Everything smells different. The room is different. I don't know these people. I see them putting their gloves on. This is not going to be good. I think we're going to get to know each other real well here in ways I don't want to know. <laughs> and so I want to break the ice with them. You know, I want to find out a little bit about them. And if they don't, if the ice doesn't break with them, then I know I've got somebody that's a very, you know, dominant D personality. If you know, disc profiling, mm -hmm. they just want the cold, hard facts. Give it to me right now, doc. I uh, just want the numbers. And then you have to deal with them in that way. If you try to be jovial and friendly and nice with that person, you're not going to have them in the practice. They're going to go someplace mm -hmm. else where they, where they feel comfortable because they don't want to say, you know, cut, cut, cut. Right. I think developing that kind of rapport with the patients is, is super important. And, um, and when you have, you know, over the years, you've, you know, I've had multiple practices and seen tens of thousands of patients over the last 30 some years, you have to have that as a core strength and something that you really want to excel at. And, and like you guys are, are communicators. You like to talk, you like to interact. And that is, makes a huge difference with the patients. Right. I, I completely agree. I, I'd really like to point real quick that you said about the humor, because humor, I think of it as kind of like food. It's like a, a universal language that everyone understands, you know? So I thought that was an excellent point on top of everything else, icing on the cake. So thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. It's going to be uh, super important going forward, especially with all this COVID-19 pandemic stuff. The BLT sandwich, I love that. Yeah, We're so sense. using that somewhere. Um, I'm just going to reference that, but I think everyone can get behind that, especially now. Just going to be so much more anxiety and stress and establishing that. That's so beautiful. I love that. And, and, I, and, and I like that you say that because that needs to be on our minds with all the things that are going on with the COVID-19. Um, with my patients, um, I am not seeing that so much with the patients in the office. Now, the ones that are not coming into the office, they have a different set of issues and they're just not coming in. But the ones that are coming in, they're coming in, they're letting you take their temperature, they're answering all the questions on the health history, uh, they're wearing their masks in the office or we give them a mask. And people have been very, very accepting of, of, of our efforts to make uh, keep them healthy. Right. Dr. Stanley, you are such an incredible educator. You've given us so much great information. I know this is like such a short interview, like we could just talk forever, but unfortunately 
we got to end it soon. So thank you so much for coming on. We're definitely, definitely going to talk soon. We got to have another interview. We got to do the, we got to do the full length thing, you know, really get into it. So you are fantastic. Uh, Could you give our listeners uh, a little more uh, contact information, your Instagram, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely look forward to talking with you guys more. You guys are a blast. Um, So yeah, Facebook, I'm just there as Rick Stanley. Instagram is uh, Stanley. And uh, let's see, what else am I on? I'm on TikTok. I have no idea what I'm on doing on there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done anything on there, so don't go look at it. You won't find it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's funny. And I'm easy to find. So uh, RA, my, my email is RAS, which is my initials, DMD, which is my degree, mm-hmm. at Gmail. So RASDMD. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out anytime for anything. I'm game. Awesome. Love it. Dr. Stanley, you're the best. Thank you so much again. And to all our listeners out there, bye bon.